This is That Twin Mama Podcast. But hey, you don't have to be a twin mom to be here. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. So whether you are new, soon to be, or seasoned parent, or maybe you just hope to have kids someday, I promise you'll find something to love, learn from, or laugh at in each episode. I'm your host, Lauren Birdie. Let's do it. Hey, y'all. Lauren here. And on this week's episode of That Twin Mama Podcast, we are continuing the conversation from last week on all things breast feeding, pumping, nursing your little ones um, in the very beginning. So last week we talked a lot about like the logistics and the ways you can educate yourself as you are in pregnancy or in the very beginning, just so you can have a feeding goal and maybe have all the information you need to, to achieve that. Um, And I know I had you on my twin moms and just what that looks like, because a lot of the breastfeeding podcasts and like books don't be talking about two babies at the same time. And shout out to my triplet moms. I don't really even know what to say to y'all. But anyway, this week, Shelly and I continue the conversation. We really talk about the mental health aspect that can also be tied to pregnancy, but also to breastfeeding. Um, I'm very vulnerable in this episode and shared that in my postpartum anxiety, um, journey and depression journey. It actually didn't end or alleviate for me until I stopped breastfeeding, um, which is not something that I prepared for. I I prepared like the physical of what it would be like to breastfeed mentally, but I didn't prepare for like the mental like load and the mental uh, toll it would take on me to also do that for a long period of time. So, and for instance, Shelly had a very different experience. So very excited to share some insight into what the postpartum mental um, um, effects that breastfeeding or nursing can have on on someone and also differentiating what baby blues is versus PPA or PPD and that's postpartum anxiety and depression. So hope you all learn a lot. I know I sure as hell did. So yeah, let's get into it. I like, and then one thing like it's probably the, the worst time to trust the internet with all the things that now you could like, we could just be AI people right now. Like you you can't even trust what you see, all the different things the internet is capable of doing. So like really having someone to educate you. I, what I really wish I had to educate me was, and I'll just share this transparently. Like I breastfeeding in so many ways was such a gift and I really do enjoy that I did that. I didn't realize how much my postpartum anxiety and depression um, I was, I was dealing with while I was breastfeeding. And I, this isn't the case for every mom, but for me, so for me, like I had, I have like two sets, I have my twins and I have my son who's, who's 13. Right. So back in the day, postpartum depression, like people that like the knowledge that we had of it, the only thing that like you had it, if you wanted to hurt yourself or your kids, then, then you had postpartum depression, everything else is like, oh, you having the baby blues, get, get over it, deal with it. There wasn't even language around anxiety or what it could look like. So for me, I didn't know I was in it while I was in it. Like for me, postpartum anxiety, like showed up as like anger or like very mm-hmm. resent, resentful for my husband, or like, maybe like, I feel so guilty about this, but maybe if the baby's crying, like literally just wanting to like, scream like in a pillow and be like, ah, like how am I like just so much feelings or sometimes feeling physical pain when they would cry. Like my husband wouldn't feel it. I'd like, I can't like, you understand this. You have to get them like, you know, types of different ways of just like mm-hmm. stress levels. Yes. It's stressful to have babies, but this was something else. I didn't realize it was something else until I stopped breastfeeding. And that mm-hmm. was like, oh, I was going through it. Like I am like, I can be a bitch, whatever. I can be angry or whatever. Like I wouldn't even label it that because I hate when people do that, but I can have my mood swings. 
but this was something else. Like my hormones were literally changing. There was literally Mm -hmm. chemical things happening. And not to say it was tied to breastfeeding. All I'm saying is that it didn't really chill for me until I stopped around the nine month, eight month mark. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, is this a singular story? Um, What would you say to someone? I feel like for me, I wish I had language or knowledge around the signs of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have communicated that to my partner to even understand what signs might look like to see what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I also like, I just think having the physical like uh, the people are physically relying on you, like your babies are to live was just such an added pressure. I just wish I had more knowledge of what the hell I was going through while in that Mm. stage of my life so I could enjoy it more. So curious, I'm gonna pause. Have you experienced that? Is this a singular story? What does a mama do if she might be going through it? So uh, twin moms, I forget the exact statistic, but we're something I wanna say like 47% more likely to experience postpartum depression and postpartum mood disorders. So like anxiety, OCD, rage, yes, um, all the things. I have a post on Instagram. I forget the exact statistic, but like, let's just picture this for a second. Okay. We have like welcoming one baby to the family. is a huge transition. When you have two babies, like just the further impact on your sleep, on your body, when you're breastfeeding, on your mental health, on your family mm-hmm. finances, and just like how your family is now juggling the added work of two babies in the family, like that is a lot. And then let's also put some things into perspective. So we grew not only one, but two babies. And if you're not getting in the proper nutrients, which hello, I puked like more than half my right. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> yeah. And then couldn't eat the rest of the half because yeah. I just like, I was so averse to everything. So when you're not eating your body Um, or if you're not eating the proper nutrients, whatever your body takes from you to build these babies and build these babies healthy. So, and then you deliver, which like, that's no matter how you deliver, it's just a thing. (laughs) So, and then if you're breastfeeding, your body is taking again, minerals and nutrients and things from you for your breast milk. Not that this is a bad thing, but I'm just putting this all into perspective. Yeah, yeah. And then we're not sleeping, you Mm -hmm. know, all the other things. Like, I feel it would be unusual if you weren't feeling a bit like. Not like yourself. Yeah. So I don't want to normalize it, but I just want to put it into perspective. Like, if you are feeling sad or anxious or overwhelmed, like, look at the big picture. Yeah. It's normal. And that's why. It's not normal, but it it would be expected. And that's why twin moms need support. And I always say, like, if you're breastfeeding, you need lactation support. If you are, if you welcome twins, you need support from people, period. Like, people bringing meals, helping with housework, holding babies, like, whatever is helpful for you. Like, you need help. And um, sometimes that help can be talking to a counselor or therapist, working through your feelings. Like, the adjustment to having twins can be big. Um, no matter if they're your first babies or your third and fourth, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a lot. So I did. So I'll preface this by saying I have always been an anxious person. Like my yeah. earliest memories in childhood uh, were of anxiety. I was mm-hmm. always a worried kid. Um, I, when I first found out I was pregnant, like, this is just such a humbling moment. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like I've been working with families with new babies for three and a half years. This is going to be amazing. Yeah stroll into our first ultrasound and there's two babies and I'm like oh my god that moment (laughs) for all twin parents that moment oh I'm like well (laughs) I'm in trouble (laughs) 
And I, I can specifically remember we like I was initially so happy. My husband, let's just say there's a good thing there's a wall behind him because he started to <laughs> topple a bit. Got weak in Don't the knees. Don't they all, right? <laughs> so I was crying. I was so happy. And then as soon as we walked in the parking lot and I have this like snapshot picture, I can picture exactly what the parking lot looked like. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is high risk. Like. <laughs> And then all the families, all the twin families that I worked with in the last three and a half years all started popping in my head. And Mm -hmm. I was actually on vacation that week for work because we were moving. So it was a good thing. I cried the entire week. I reached out Mm -hmm. to my neighbor across the street who had twins. And I just told her, I was like, I feel like I'm grieving this experience of what I thought motherhood would be Mm -hmm. like. Like, I'm so like happy, like, and like having twins is wonderful. But at the same time, like this changes everything Everything. that I thought it was going to be like. So Anyways, I came around, but you can still experience anxiety and depression and everything during pregnancy, which a lot of moms yes. think it's only after. So if you're feeling great point. like Such having trouble point. connecting to your babies during pregnancy, like tell your healthcare provider, like we are there to help. We want to help you. And again, if they don't take your concern seriously, find somebody else, mm. like advocate for yourself. Yes. I love that. And I think like, yeah. it's so, it's, I think that's great that you're like normalizing it because it's something that you're going to have to experience a degree of it, right? I didn't have like medication, but there are medications that you can take that are safe for pregnancy, safe while breastfeeding. Like really, it's just about speaking up. And I think sometimes like as millennial parents, like I didn't say millennial parents because I feel like a couple of things, right? The internet makes you think that you have to doubt like what you're feeling. Like I'm not doing it right. So there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. deal with it. And two, I think, I mean, I was raised as a people pleaser. I'm dealing with it now, but I feel like as kids, especially for like our generation, it's like you grip through it and make everyone else feel comfortable. So you sometimes like, this is just like me, I'm going to just get through it and there's nothing wrong or I don't want to cause a fuss. I'm like, I have these kids to take care of, or it's fine. So all those things you got to like ignore, you have to like bite through that, like natural default that we might sometimes have because Mm -hmm. always is helpful to speak up. It's always helpful to speak up. Yeah, definitely advocate for yourself. Know that it can happen during pregnancy. Um, and then, so once you have the babies, baby blues is a thing. So baby blues yeah. is, explains the, how you're feeling when you're having these massive hormonal shifts of like, you've delivered two babies, two placentas are now gone. Your milk is coming in, whether you're breastfeeding or not, you still experience this swing of hormones. So that's when you're like really teary and, um, yeah. you can feel upset and overwhelmed, but baby blues typically last about 10 days to two weeks. Now, yeah. um, if it's extending further than that, we're kind of getting into the realm of like postpartum mood disorders, like depression and anxiety. And I I will say like for myself, I definitely had baby blues. I cried every day for the first six weeks. So that's again, venturing into like the depression, anxiety portion. And then I think around six weeks, I started to get into the swing of things. And then around four months when the four month sleep regression. Oh hit and- gosh, that four month sleep regression. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Sorry. If I yelled in people's ears, but I get really passionate about it. Sorry. Right, go on. Yes. Yeah. So back. that, that hit and we, uh, I've actually never shared this. We had some issues with extended family members, not respecting our boundaries and oh. showing up at my house unannounced all the time, telling my friends to leave if they were over. And yeah, just bad news coming in, waking up the babies that I found. Oh, hell no. Bye. We're done. We're done. So (laughs) there was that family component added in. So I, at that point, my anxiety really, like I went downhill and downhill fast. I was afraid to leave my house. I was afraid to like, it was bad for a while. And again, 
I didn't, I knew something was a bit off, but I was like, at the same time, I was just so focused on like protecting my babies, protecting our family, protecting like this breastfeeding relationship I'd worked so hard for protecting my sleep and their sleep. Um, and so with my twins, I feel like I was probably, and then we went into Canadian winter, which that's a say thing. no more for you people who <laughs> say are less, not. say less. I don't it, know what that's it, like, but I'm not going during winter. <laughs> it, yeah, it's bad. They're, like It's dark all the time. Yeah. It's just, it's not fun. So, and I feel like looking back now, I can tell I really struggled with my mental health, like through the, until they were like 18 months. Um, I got pregnant again with my daughter. I was back mm-hmm. to work full time. I was doing my full time, like oh. education hours to yeah. become an IBCLC. So that was hard. And then um, there was like some issues at my workplace and there was like fear of job losses. So mm. I'm here I am pregnant, afraid I'm going to lose my job because they're cutting all these positions yes. and all this stuff. And then um, and then it's we're into spring 2020 and yeah. everything's shutting down. And so and then I, you know, I'm at home with two toddlers, my yeah. daughter. Um, my, one of my twins broke his leg. I fell and broke my tailbone all in the same week. My husband worked full time. Like, oh my it was, goodness. It was just, yeah. All the yeah, things. So my mental health, I will say was not great from probably mm. the time my twins were four months old all the way until, so I weaned my daughter. I know you said yours got better with weaning. Mm-hmm. I weaned my daughter just this past, um, February, I want to say. So she was almost three. And I had been wanting to wean her because I was starting to venture into nursing aversion, which is when you literally cannot stand the feel of your baby nursing anymore. Like it makes your skin crawl. It makes you like, I could not handle it. Wow. Yes. So I had nursing aversion with both of my, um, with my twins and my daughter. Once my cycle returned, like later on into breastfeeding, every single menstrual cycle that came, that nursing aversion would get worse and worse and worse and worse. So, wow. Yeah. So with my twins, they weaned because I was pregnant with my daughter and my milk supply eventually just dropped off. And then she was born a couple months later and then started nursing her. So I was pregnant or breastfeeding for almost six years. Girl, so, Sally, yo, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a that for that. Jeez. Yeah. So when I weaned, I had crazy, my anxiety got worse. Really? worse. Yeah. And I started having a lot of like medical anxiety. And at the same time, my kids have been going through some health issues as well. Um, so that increased my anxiety because I'm like, okay, like there's stuff going on with them. I need to be healthy to take care of them. And so I want to share what I've learned about this and why this happens. So, um, there is an account on Instagram. I'm going to share her handle because she's been absolutely amazing. Um, Aloha nutrition. She's a fellow IBCLC, but she's also a registered dietitian. And guys, my eyes were just so open. So as I told you, like when we're pregnant and breastfeeding, our body's taking from us to feed these babies. Right. And so if we're not replenishing these nutrients, Mm. we, this can have an impact on our physical and mental health. So, um, we know that when our omegas are depleted, our omega-3 fatty acids, you're more at risk for, um, feelings of depression. We know when our magnesium is low, you're more at uh, risk for anxiety, I believe. So I know from myself, um, having depleted nutrients and mineral levels and things like that have had a direct impact on my mental health. Cause once I started supplementing with certain things, it got better. Mm. And then when things were, um, getting challenging with my kids health again, 
I, again, I'm just the type if something's going on, I just let myself go and I'm just like focused in on these yeah. kids. So that's what happened when I had babies. I was, I was eating once or twice a day. Mm. I was yeah, which that's is terrible. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> I feel like that's like, so not a singular story at all. But yeah. 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 Eating once or twice a day. I was rarely taking my supplements. And, um, so when I discovered Allegra from Aloha nutrition and I was watching her stories, and I was like, okay, I should be eating 30 to 40 grams of protein at breakfast. Let me try this for a couple of weeks and see how I feel. My patience just skyrocketed. I was no longer feeling impatient with my kids. I added in magnesium. I was sleeping better. Um, my anxiety was a lot less. And I was just talking to a twin mom from last night. I haven't been taking my magnesium for like weeks now because again, things just got busy with yeah. everything going on in life. And I've been forgetting. And I told her I'm starting to feel like have intrusive thoughts again. Like mm. I know. And so I'm not saying supplements are always the answer, no. but that's like a big puzzle piece that I feel like so many of us are missing. Like, so I feel with mental health, it needs to be treated holistically. So medication yes. can be a part of your journey. Um, counseling can be a part of your journey. You know, supplementing with minerals and vitamins can be a part of your journey. Exercise can be a part of your journey. Like it is so multifaceted. Yes. I think you like, I, I love that you said that because um, like, I mean, I've been all over like the, like the health spectrum with a lot of different things. Like for instance, I had terrible, terrible, terrible acne prior to having like just my whole life. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I went from Accutane for all, all these different things. Anyways, long story short, I did this holistic journey. And I was also told I wouldn't be able to have any more kids because of whatever. There was a bunch of different reasons. I was like, I'm here for my skin. My skin's <laughs> messed up. I, I like already had my son. Anyways, like I, we did a gut health assessment and just mm-hmm. figured out what was imbalanced, and I like eliminated a bunch of foods, took a bunch of supplements on a lo- like I did it for like a year and a half, and my skin cleared, my hormones balanced, and then what, when I took my ID at my IUD out, like during that time, thinking I wasn't going to be able to have kids easily, then I had twins. So I'm like, <laughs> there is something to say that. So like, I yeah. will say there are there there are like supplements and a balanced diet, like all these different things sound like that's not that's not the thing for some people, like just try it. Like if you aren't eating, like, like try making sure that you are fully taking yourself, right. Taking care of yourself, putting on your oxygen mask before you assisting others on the airplane. There's a reason why they do that. Because if you pass out, you're not putting any oxygen mask on your loved ones. Right. So like try a holistic approach. Medication is also okay. If the holistic thing isn't working and you need medication, talk with your healthcare provider. That is okay. There's no guilt or shame in that exercising, taking care of you is just like such a big thing. And if you're going through it, you are normal and it's Mm -hmm. totally fine. And if you go through it after breastfeeding, while breastfeeding, we're all over the spectrum, right? So just like pay attention, talk about it, educate yourself and make sure you get the help and don't just like suffer in silence. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it can be, I, and I've been a nurse for 12 years now, and I can confidently say every single person is different. What works for one person is not going to work for another person. Um, so you just, you need to work with a professional or even multiple professionals to see what is going to be the best fit for your body. Are you like, are you depleted in certain, Mm -hmm. um, vitamins and minerals? Are your hormones out of whack? Um, like, is there a legitimate chemical imbalance going on where you need medication to fix that imbalance? Like there are so many things. So yeah, please just seek help. Like I know so many of us can be afraid to seek help and, and make sure you're meeting your most basic needs. Like you cannot care for twins when you're eating once or twice a day. Exactly. You have to remember the eating is not eating goldfish or random, like scraps of food you find around the house. Like actually eat a whole meal. And I want to yeah. also just preface saying like breastfeeding, some people who don't breastfeed at all 
formula feed will have some sort of PPA and PPD. Like, oh, it's, yeah. Like, it's not necessarily tied to that at all. So don't think that. Um, but yeah, no. just like you said, everyone's different. Just make sure you, yeah. Yeah. Even if you've made the decision, for example, to exclusively formula feed right off yeah. the bat, you still grew two babies from scratch. Yes. Like, that is a lot on your body. Your sleep is still disrupted. And like, when we have disrupted sleep or when our stress is high, we're going to burn through certain minerals and, um, nutrients a lot faster than we would if, you know, um, we were in a different situation or scenario. So it doesn't like how you're feeding your baby will have an impact, but it's not exclusive to breastfeeding. It's, it's exclusive to motherhood. (laughs) Hashtag motherhood. Welcome to it. Thank you for all this, Shelly. Like, I just think education is such a big thing. Advocating for yourself is such a big thing. And this topic was so hot. Like we got so many, I got so many questions in my stories about specific things around breastfeeding because I feel like we talked about this earlier, like when you need an answer to something, we just go to Google and like, you'll get a million different ones. So I'm going to mm-hmm. answer some of these hot topics because we got multiple questions of different things uh, a lot. So yeah. um, let's, let's get into the Q and A. One, a bunch of people ask, like, what are some of your top products you recommend for breastfeeding twins specifically? There's a lot out yeah. there. So I actually have a free download for this um, and a blog post. So I'll give you the links to put um, up in your show notes there. But um, quickly, if you're hoping to tandem breastfeed, uh, twin breastfeeding, twin breastfeeding pillow, yeah. like it yeah. just it offers you the most support to be able to do that, especially if you're solo. Um, if you are planning to pump at any capacity, you're going to need a pump. <laughs> yep. Um, and insurance will pay for that. I'm sure that most people know that, but if you have health insurance, they, they do that. Um, yeah. So in the U S they'll pay for a pump. Oh. Canada, um, does not cover. I think there's one insurance company in Canada. That covers oh, pumps. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the US, they like US. want you to go back to work. They're like, yes, you need to work. We're going to cover yeah. everything you need to do to come back to it. I know. I know. <laughs> I like oh gosh. And if you're, if you're in the U S and you're looking to select a pump, pumps are like a dime a dozen nowadays, please just reach out to an IBCLC and we will tell you because there are pumps that are not good and there are pumps that are great. So is, reach I use, out to us. I use Spectra and Medela, my Medella, Medela. Those were the two. Medela, I, yeah. Medela, are those, would those be two that you recommend? Are they good? So I love the Spectra, the okay. Medela. I'm not super fond of, um, I use that's that all with, we have in Canada. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I use <laughs> yeah. that with my first and like the Spectra was what I use with them. And I, I like, I like my Spectra a little bit better. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. I always joke. I smuggled my Spectra over the border. <laughs> <laughs> you devil you. Yeah. Um, so, so anything yeah. else though? Um, so, and then, you know, your, your usual like pumping bras or nursing bras, mm. nursing tank tops, like you don't need a ton of stuff, but you need things to um, help support you and in, in your goals and what's convenient for you. Like I personally just had a ton of nursing tank tops. I, I had like one or two nursing bras for when yeah. I went out. I didn't really yeah. use them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, if you're going to be bottle feeding, there's, um, you know, different types of bottles to get. And if you're hoping to um, breastfeed and bottle feed, you want bottles that have a really gradual slope, like the even flow balance mm-hmm. or... A lance no, you are a pigeon SS nipple. You want this gradual slope, slow flow. Um, but yeah, you really don't need a ton to breastfeed. But um, I do have a free download that um we can share so people can yeah. kind of go through and see what they need. Definitely. I think um for for me, so I I use the twin Z pillow, which I, I really loved. I think like a lot of people, especially in the twin community, it's like my be my best friend or twin Z pillow. This is like not. A, like a sponsored post, by the way, by anyone. Yeah. But what I've heard from people is that 
if you're exclusively breastfeeding, and there's other ones out there, but just these seem to be the top two. I love my twinsy pillow. I also pumped and I use it as a lounge because it's like yeah. a little bit lower. And then people swear by their be my best friend. And they say, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, it just props them up a little higher, I guess. I yeah. didn't, I didn't use it, but that's like, if you're going to just exclusively never pump and never want to use a lounge, be my best friend could be a better option. But again, I breastfed a lot with my twinsy pillow. And I had no issues. So do your, like, you know, you can't really go wrong. It's like, you're going to use something. It'll work for you and you'll make it work for you. Like you don't know. Yeah. Don't so yeah, I, I prefer the, like, I prefer the, my uh, twin, my breast friend for breastfeeding, especially when yeah. they're little, cause it provides more support, huh. but that's like you obviously breastfed yeah. with a twinsy and I have people who prefer the twinsy. I think it's a lot on your body type, yeah. your babies, like, All you know, things. so, um, it's great to have, like, again, register for these things. If you can local moms groups, I got mm-hmm. both my pillows from local moms groups from moms who had planned to breastfeed and then didn't one was right. still brand new in the package. Like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I got my was, pillow from another twin mom just that yeah. was like in my neighborhood. So yeah, it's just yes. like, ask around, join a Facebook group. I'm sure there's like, there's just figure out what's in your local resources. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So another huge question that I get all the time and I'm like, girl, I don't know, but <laughs> how do I get my milk supply up? And like specifically around, let's talk about how you actually get it around. And if these like milk proteins, the cookies and the teas that everyone's like with this tea work with this cookie work, everyone wants to know that. Let's answer it. Yeah. So I'm going to say most of the products, if not all of them are kind of bogus. It's just huh. a marketing tactic. Yo, like, sorry, people who do that. I'm just yeah. saying like, I don't, I've never recommended them. Cause I was like, I don't think how could that magic anyways, tea just yeah. like, boom, I don't know. Anyways, I've never, ever recommended any kind of brownies, teas, cookies, yeah. nothing. Um, <laughs> if anything, it just like feeds you if you haven't yeah. eaten and that, that yeah. might help you get your milk supply up. And they're more expensive. Like, you know, right. like just eat a cookie. <laughs> and I find a lot of these things too have a lot of sugar in them, which is just uh, going to kind of make you spike and crash and feel kind of worse. And, mm. you know, they put, so there's herbs and foods that are known as galactologs, which um, in theory can increase your milk supply. But the the most effective way to increase your milk supply is frequent and effective milk removal from the breast. Every time you remove milk, you're telling your body to make more. So, um, you know, it looks like feeding your babies um, per like, you know, on demand, them queuing, whatever with still keeping them kind of feeding at the same time. Um, If your babies aren't transferring well, we're going to want to see why. If you're pumping, like, is your flange size correct? Like, um, uh, I think I have a post right now pinned to the top of my profile, but you know, there's so much that you can do and it's so multifaceted, but I can promise you it doesn't involve buying like (laughs) overpriced brownies, cookies, teas. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we'll use um, like electrolytes if your electrolytes mm. are low and that can help or like, again, um, increase our different um, vitamin supplements. But um, yeah, like don't, there's always something new on TikTok. Like don't go yes. buying pink Starbucks drinks thinking it's going to boost your supply or eating a whole tray of double stuffed Oreos. Right. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> it might make you happy for a little bit, but your milk will probably not be affected yeah. in the way that you want it to. And for those yeah. of you who were coming to this timestamp, like we, Shelly went into in detail about signs that may actually just be inhibiting your milk supply from a natural standpoint. If that's the case, then this, none of these things will work. But if it's not, like these are the ways to actually make it make increase your milk supply versus buying something um 
brand them like a cookie or something like that. Yeah. So if you have a low milk supply or you think you have a low milk supply, or if you're wanting to increase your supply, just please reach out and work with an IBCLC. Mm -hmm. We can look at the entire picture and it's going to be much more effective and honestly, probably more cost effective in the long run than buying all these expensive overpriced things that really aren't going to make the difference that you're looking for. So So if someone wants to, we got this question as well. If someone wants to increase their milk supply at like four to five months, is, is it, is that possible or is it too late for, for them to do that? So it's not too late, but it'll be a lot um, it'll be a lot more work to increase it at four to five months than it would be if we're at like six months or sorry, six weeks, eight yeah. weeks, like in that early postpartum period, our milk tends to regulate anywhere between six or 12 weeks. So that would be approximately three months. So it's not impossible at four to five months. Again, work with an IBCLC. Like I've worked with families at five, six months, and we have been able to get their supply up. Um, yeah. We just have to have the expectation. It's going to take a little bit longer. It's not going to be a couple days intervention. And we see this giant jump like right. we might see earlier postpartum. So so do you like just incur- like I'm assuming like just express as much as you can as as often like kind of like it's just stimulating the breast off. Like I'm like, I'm curious yeah. like, kind of what you would do. So for example, the last client that came to me, I think she was six months and looking to increase her supply a bit. She was exclusively pumping. She had been using the wrong flange size the entire mm. time. It, wow. Guys, it was literally as simple as changing her flange size. We added in a power pumping session and she did an extra. Um, so she did power pumping, one power pumping session each day for a week. What's a power Changed pumping her- session? What does that mean? Oh, uh, great question. And I can also give you a free download for this. Yeah, too. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Power pumping is to mimic cluster feeding. So cluster mm-hmm. feeding is when the baby or babies will breastfeed frequently for, you know, um, you know, an hour or two in a row, and then they kind of have a longer sleep. So with power pumping, the traditional power pumping schedule is 60 minutes long. So an hour. So you're going to pump for 20 minutes rest for 10, pump for 10, rest for 10, pump for 10. So all of these, every time you turn that pump on, you're causing a spike in your oxytocin, you're removing milk. So, um, and I find with power pumping, if moms know what it is, they are expecting that session alone to increase their supply, but it's doing that session every day for four to seven days that it's overall going to increase your supply in 24 hours because you're adding in all those extra oxytocin spikes and all that milk removal too. So gosh, our buddy is like a wonder. That's so fascinating. And so cool. I never had heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So so it it sounds like getting a lactation consult is key because it could be something as simple as changing out your, the, the size of your flange. Is that flange? Yeah. Flange. Yeah. Yeah, Or like adding a power pumping or maybe it's something else, but Talking with someone that knows is like your first step, especially if you're trying to transition later versus yeah. that six week postpartum period. Yeah. And I had another mom recently, I think her twins were nine months and they were starting solids and they were really taking to solids well. And she was decreasing the number of day feeds, but it's still kind of too early at that point. And so right. she was noticing her supply was dropping. So we added in a morning pump session after her first feed of the day. I think mm-hmm. she did some power pumping as well. And she was able to bring her supply back up. Um, so yeah, it is possible. Um, it's just, again, seeking help as soon as you're no- noticing problems or worrying. If you're waiting, like I've had moms wait weeks and months and then come to me and then it's so much harder to try right. to, to try to figure out what's going on and um, rectify, I guess, or right. Cause it takes that. time. Yeah. Cause it takes time to figure out what to do first. So like, you know what I mean? So that's just like the earlier you can get it or the earlier in your pregnancy, if you're able to yeah. 
advocate for that, then it's someone that knows you and knows. Yeah. And, and, um, no mom should be suffering through breastfeeding or pumping struggles, thinking that it's normal. Pain is never normal. Ooh, good point. Yes. So wait, so pain is never normal. I mean, like when you put them on, but like when you, I can't remember if I had, it's not pain. Right. But it's like, it doesn't feel great or it doesn't, I can't so remember. Sometimes in that early postpartum period, when yeah. you first latch them on, there's that like kind of sensitivity that yeah. might last for the first like 30 seconds until they're nursing. Yeah. Um, so that can sometimes be related to the hormones again, swinging around. So that nipple sensitivity should go away in, yeah, it does. Yeah. in a couple of days or weeks. But if it's like, toe curling pain, you're dreading every nursing session. It's hurting after if you have cracks, bleeding, nipple damage, these things are never, ever, ever normal. So don't Why did I not that find you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I did not, oh. Anyways, I did not know that I got through yeah. it, but I had nipple cracking pain and then my pumping hurt because I had probably the wrong flange because I got the one right out of the package. Yeah. All right, you guys live and you learn. I'm not having any more kids, but hopefully this helps someone that is. <laughs> yeah. So these things are never normal. And I feel like it's, again, these kind of, I don't want to say like old wives tale, but you yeah. always hear, oh yeah, breastfeeding hurts a lot in the beginning and then right. it gets better. No, it's never supposed to hurt. It's like, you're not supposed to have bleeding nipples and then they just magically get better. Like it, <laughs> these things aren't normal. So <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish I had this conversation while I was pregnant. Okay. Um <laughs> I think we kind of answered this earlier, but how do you know if they're getting enough milk? It's like poops and peas, right? Like that's what you track or is there other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So peas, poops, um, weight gain, um, are they content after feeds? So again, with cluster feeding and in those early days with growth spurts, they may feed in an hour later, be hungry again. That is not necessarily a sign they're not getting enough, but if your babies are never content, they're not sleeping Mm. for any kind of stretches. If the weight gain is poor, if um, they're not having the right number of peas and poops in 24 hours. Like all of these things are signs that um, they may not be getting enough milk. Um, so again, if you're ever concerned, just like reach out to an IBCLC and we can help you. Um, there's, I always see all these like weird things of how to know they're getting enough. And it's, yeah. it's not that complicated. We want. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like what, yeah. other, what, what other things other than that? Like, what do people say now? Like. Oh, the the biggest thing I see is they're saying you have to feed for X number of minutes on one breast and then X number on the other or like, no, like watch the baby, not the clock. You know, we want to be watching the baby. Are they, are they drinking? Can you hear and see swallowing? Are, are, you know, and their, um, their body language. So at the beginning of a feed, you know, your baby, like they have the clenched fist, their arms are flexed up. They're really tense. Oh, I missed that. I know. Sorry, I just kind of missed that. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and then we should see that they, they've latched onto the breast. There shouldn't be pain for you. Yeah. They should be latching well. They shouldn't be popping on and off. Yeah. So they're latched on. They're drinking while you're hearing and seeing drinking. And as the nursing session's going on, their body starts to loosen yeah. up. And then you've got that milk drunk baby at the end. Yeah. Oh. So we're looking at all these things like peas, poops, their behavior at the breast, how they're gaining weight, their... um. And then a a more longer one is like milestones. Like, are they achieving their milestones? Are they getting stronger? Things like that. But again, the most immediate way is like peas, poops, and they're actual like observing them while they're nursing. Yeah. I love that you said, watch your baby, not the clock. Because I think like as twin parents, like we do, we do like kind of over fixate or just fixate, not over, but 
want to get them on the schedule, want to get them on yeah. routine for our sanity, but that doesn't necessarily mean timing things. It just means yeah. that like, maybe when one wakes up, you wake up the other one and you feed, but you still watch the babies. You're not like, can twin B you're done because twin A is done or it's been 15 minutes, girls, goodbye. Like yeah. there's a differentiation, I think of like being on a routine and then watching the clock. So I just love that you stated that and also want to like call out how that can look different for twin parents. You can still have a schedule and a routine, but doesn't mean that you're timing your baby's feeds. Yeah. And timing feeds can be problematic because I'll, I'll tell, or I'll see parents say like, Oh, you know, they fed for an hour and they're still hungry, but they weren't actually like transferring milk that time. They were kind of just pacifying. So really knowing like, and seeing like, are they actually drinking and swallowing or are they just kind of like pacifying? Like like they would suck on a pacifier or soother and they're not actually transferring milk. Like there's a big difference. So we really want to watch those things. Yeah. I love that. Um, And then another question we got was around what other holds are there? I did the football holds besides the football holds for twins. So like, I feel like in the beginning, the football hold was easiest for me. And since I stopped breastfeeding my girls around nine months, I just use the football holds, but towards the end, it was kind of kind of big and crowded. And so they were asking, are there other positions? Is it better to transition to different positions as they get older? What do you recommend? So whatever works for you and your babies, like Ah. me personally, I, my twins were like just about two when they weaned. I can't remember if they had just turned two or just before it was like in their birthday month. Um, and they, we were still using the, my breast friend twin pillow. They were still in football. their leg so their legs were bent at the hips and their legs were going up the back of the couch like (laughs) up in the air and that's how they want like I would try to do other positions with them and they would just grab the pillow and run over to me like they had zero interest that's hilarious I laugh now because they're still very like um I don't know in their routines it's really hard to get them to change up things like they're just in their routines and schedules so even as little little guys they were like that but um I think in the beginning um, if you can do laid back nursing where it's almost like a reclined position, it's okay. called biological nursing um, with your twins. That one's fantastic, but you can't do it solo. It's very hard. Like you need extra mm-hmm. hands. I find for twin moms when you're on your own, uh, like the the football hold with the pillow is best. Um, and then as your babies get older, you can definitely move into some different positions. Um, there is uh, let's see, there's like cross cradle, or you can have them both kind of, it's hard to explain on a yeah, podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Like, and people are just, might just, there's video to this, but if you're just listening, it's, yeah. There, I, is there a place or like, I feel like if you, I don't want to say Google, but like there are. I have some different examples okay. on my Instagram page and I'm working to get some footage from other moms to just yeah. show more examples of like breastfeeding twins in all stages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are different, um, positions for sure. But I find the football one is just easiest when you're learning and you're solo. And then as they get older, you can kind of move into like cradle hold where you have one baby in each arm and their bodies are kind of crossing over, right. at, you know, at they're their like hips and legs. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah, more yeah, yeah. upright. Um, I've seen where, for example, let me see, this is my right arm. So if I have like baby A is cradled in my right arm and then baby B is kind of laying on baby A's lap and then oh feeding off the God. last breast. Yeah. So like a, like almost like an L, like one's upright, one's like kind of still. On the yeah. Football. So yeah. yeah. So B 
baby B's kind of supported on baby A's lap. Again, this would be for older twins. Yeah. We're not doing this with newborns. Um, right. No, don't do this yeah. with newborns. No. Yeah. <laughs> but as they get older and as they have more head and neck strength and they're able to sit upright, like I've seen moms even sitting and have their legs a little spread and having each twin kind of upright, like straddling her legs and they're yeah. fully upright, just nursing. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Like there's yeah. so many different positions, but um, again, they need the head and neck strength yeah. and and yeah, they have to be able to want to experiment in a new position, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. but definitely so just starting do... out f- football hold, right? And yeah, then... football or like the, if you have people to help you and doing that laid back one or yeah. um, that, that one's nice too. But again, it can be tricky when you're on your own. Yeah. And just do what feels natural. Like don't even overthink it. I think as they get older, they'll kind of like, if it works for you and works for them, it could be a new invention yeah. of how you hold them. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Let, let it go. Like, especially if they had that head and neck support, like you said, like there's no wrong way as long as they're feeding and you feel comfortable and they're happy. Yeah. Um, and like I said, my twins were two and my one boy, my baby A, he is tall. He's always been in the like 95, 99 yeah, percentile. For, so he was still feeding him football hold on that, my breast friend pillow. So like, I love it. Yeah. Don't yeah. knock it. Like, I mean, yeah. you could maybe last forever, you know what I mean? As long as you want. So yeah. there's no set time of when you have to transition out of any sort of thing that's working for you. Yeah. Um, okay, great. And so I want to just kind of end on a high now and what do you feel is the best part of was the best part of breastfeeding for you? And I want to talk about specifically with the twins and then what advice would be the, like the number one piece we've given a lot of advice y'all. So there's a lot of (laughs) advice that we've given, but what number piece of advice that you give to your former self starting out? Like, yeah. Yeah. So the best part for sure is like, once we were in the swing of things, honestly, like I could tear up thinking about having them in football hold on that pillow when they were, you know, probably like two, three, four months and they would hold hands and they would smile at me. And like, I would just rub the top of their hair and sing to them while I nurse them. And it was, I was telling my husband the other day, cause like, like I said, I just weaned my singleton. It's been like a couple months now, but we have friends that are expecting twins and I'm just like so excited for them. Yeah. It was was like a surprise. Like they're exciting. Yeah. So they're very excited and they have three other children. Um, so twins is a whole new world for them. And I was telling my husband, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, you know, so happy for them. And I'm like a little jealous. I miss it. And he like gave me this look. He was (laughs) like, (laughs) he's like, what? He's like, like, we just got out of survival mode. (laughs) We are, but that's so true. Like even you saying this right now, like me remembering like the handhold, them interacting and like, it makes my ovaries like, okay, do we want more? Like literally it's the best part of like having twins. I think the best part of having twins is just seeing that bond. And it's like the first real, I'm going to cry. Are you crying? I feel like I I will because... (laughs) Because I feel like that's like one of the first like intimate moments you really see them exchange where you're witnessing it. They might do things yeah. that you don't notice, but you get to see that and them like touching you and like grabbing their hands. And it's just so yeah. magical. Yeah. I just miss their little soft, chubby hands and yeah. their like soft, fluffy baby hair. And yeah, you know, and I have a bajillion pictures of them. Like they would always pass out on the nursing pillow and they yes. would, you know, half the time be holding hands and it was just like cutest I thing know. ever. And I'm like, oh, I miss that. My so husband's like, true. you <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I forgot. But still, yeah. and do, I'm wondering, do you did you notice a difference in how they fed? Like my twin B would oh, lock yeah. eyes at me. She's like, 
I like just eye contact the whole time. It was so cute until she fell asleep. And then twin A was just always asleep, like not asleep, but just closing, just enjoying every morsel. And they're still like that. Like twin A, twin B, Shiloh will like look at me when she's eating or like one of like, I, I don't know. She's just very knowledgeable that I'm giving her the food. And yeah. twin A is just like, eh, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm just wondering if you like, it's just cool to see those differences. Oh yeah, two babies. You know, yeah, they were they were both very um like big appetites. Like people were constantly commenting, like, "Are you sure they're getting enough?" Like because they would nurse so frequently. I'm like, yeah, they're fine. And now they're five, and I'm not kidding you. I feed them every hour to an hour and a half. Like during the day, they like these boys just eat. (laughs) They're gonna be like dad. They're gonna be like skyrocketing to the ceiling. That'll be awesome. Yeah, they're tall, tall. (laughs) So, anyways, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, definitely differences. But yeah, I just miss that. I like I would go back to it in a second I know, if I could. I know. And so what piece of advice would you give to young Shelly starting out, coming out of that first ultrasound, like, oh yeah, <laughs> or just like starting your journey? What piece of advice would you give yourself? Especially with So if um if you want to breastfeed, like the sooner you can start educating yourself, the better. Like even now I find I have a lot of moms, like I said, I have this online course and they're like, Oh, I want to wait closer to my due date. I'm like, no, this isn't the kind of thing that you like cram, like educate yourself as early as often. And like, whether it's, you're reading a book or, you know, you're doing a course, you're whatever, like read it more than once, like listen to it more than once, really absorb this information and know it meet with an IBCLC prenatally. Like we help you to have plans for no matter what your birth looks like, like if one baby ends up in the NICU, if both babies are, mm. they're both going home. If you had an unexpected C-section, like we have plans in place for all these things to help you meet your feeding goals. And um, like, I want twin moms to go into their birth feeling confident about breastfeeding, you know, not necessarily that it's just going to be perfect right away. But if I run into challenges, I know I have a plan in place and I have help that I can access. Like I have support. So, Yes. I like, I can't like stress that enough. Again, like I didn't have a lactation consultant. So I I compare it to this, right? Like for instance, when I had my son, there was no sound machines, blackout curtains, like (laughs) doc tots you know what I mean? Like even as I think we had, I don't even know if we had a swing and it's all things that like people swear by now. And again, I have all these things now. I'm like, I love them, but we made do without it. We didn't know what we didn't miss, but my life is so much easier doing all these like different sleep methods or whatever with the twins. Right. So I say that with like a lactation consultant, I didn't have one. I was, I, I'm like, my girls are good. They're perfect. But my experience would have been just so much better mm-hmm. had I invested in that. So this is all to say, like, do what you want. Right. But like, and not saying you will fail if you don't get something. All we're no. saying is that education, all that's like in every resource that, that will come with someone that's educated on this will help you. It's not going to hurt at all. It's just going to make you, you don't know what you don't know. And so that's kind of how I compare it. Yeah. And I always say you can never have too much support. Like you'd rather have more support than less support. And, and don't wait if something feels off or wrong, or like I said, if you're working with somebody and you feel like the steps that you're being given aren't going to help you meet your feeding goals, get a second opinion, you know, because I, I would have had to get like four second opinions. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, Shelly, yeah. I want to thank you so much. It's not easy for us twin moms to talk together for over an hour and having all the things. So again, this is Shelly. She is the founder of that twin mom guide. She is also coming up. We've talked about it a lot, her breastfeeding course for twin moms, but yes, thank you for everything, Shelly. And I, so I just much. appreciate you.
Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And yeah, don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. I'm here to help. Of course. All right. Well, thank you. Till next time, y'all. See ya. Thank you for listening, y'all, to the part two conversation I had with Shelly. And I hope that was illuminating for some. Like, my intention is never to scare anybody off from motherhood. It's really just to tell my truth, right? And, like, I hope that from this episode you all took that there could be very different experiences, depending on the person, of how they're affected mentally by breastfeeding or physically. And not anyone's truth is everyone's truth. So I'm hoping that you all see that it's not about, like, this is what happened to me. Now I don't like, now I don't want to have kids or now I, it's, it's not about that. It's just, I like to provide information of my truth and however that is able to affect someone or help someone. That's my, that's always my goal. So thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe to it and leave a review. The five-star reviews mean so much to the team and I to keep on going. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at that twin mama podcast um, with more content around the episodes, but also more content around each topics we do this week that you will not see on the podcast. And if you're more of a visual person and you can head over to our YouTube channel, um, (laughs) that twin mama uh, YouTube channel, where you can see all these episodes with a visual um, if you want to see uh, each of these live. So thanks for listening. Till next time, y'all.